When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I'm, I'm a huge uh, uh, advocate of being a student of your craft, of always learning and growing and, and studying and, and those things. So it's not to say, you know, uh, create as if you don't have any growth or, right. or that you can't be better, but just have the audacity to believe that your shit is good. Hey everyone, you're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is Emmy Award-winning multi-hyphenate creative and my dear friend, James Bland. James and I talk human to human about audacity, giving up the need to be liked, and the relationship between creativity and money. So, before each episode, I give a few recommendations inspired by the conversation you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and also a reflection question sparked by something from the episode. So, here goes. This episode's song to put on repeat is Kinda Love by Timar. This week's read is actually from last season, but I really thought that this conversation, it was time to bring it back. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And after you listen, reflect on this question. Am I taking my gifts for granted? As always, leave your thoughts in the comments or at humanhumanseries.com. Now, let's get into my conversation with James. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Mr. James Bland is in the building. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Happy to be here. You know, we've been talking about this. I, I, I definitely wanted to share this story with everybody. Last summer, James sent me a text message that I don't even know if this guy realizes how much he encouraged me and inspired me and how much I realized we were connected because the first time I realized we were super connected was at Mark Rose's house in 2018 when he had just done the the TV show um, about Tupac and you and I were in the kitchen eating our wings before I was vegan and we were talking about just being multi-hyphenate people in LA being multi-hyphenate um, talent and what that felt like and looked like and, and things that we didn't know we're gonna we were gonna experience and how we shared that so deeply it was one of my favorite human human conversations before this existed and I remember being like man I'm gonna be connected to that guy for a while I'm so encouraged by his journey I'm encouraged by the way he told his truth I was able to tell my truth to you and then fast forward to 2020 and of course we've been friends for a while but 2020 you sent me a text message that said keep doing you know you're supposed to be at the forefront of something right now you're supposed to be building something this is a season of building and I was specifically dealing with, should I be putting human to human out? Is it the time? Am I healthy enough? Is this the kind of conversation people want to hear? You know, is my career going the right way? All those things you're dealing with during a pandemic, right? As creatives. And then I get this text from somebody that, again, I'm already so encouraged by, and it really pushed me over to the edge. And of course you had to be a guest, not only just because of that, but that moment alone, it just meant so much to me. And I don't know what God told you that morning, but I just want to thank you for telling me because it meant so much. It's the kind of friend you are. So just had to share that. No, I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stacey, you're one of my favorite uh, people. Uh, um, and sometimes I'm, I'm even struggling with what titles to put on you. <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. 
is that when you sometimes struggle to put a title on someone, it's almost like you can't necessarily fit them into a nice, neat uh, description. Mm. Um, but uh, I love having conversations with you. And I also love listening to you talk, you know, with other people, mm. whether it is on a podcast or on a stage. I think that was my initial introduction to you was watching you on a stage uh, host or moderate a panel. Yeah. And I was like, wow, who's this girl? <laughs> She's got it. <laughs> got the sauce. Yeah. Man, that means a lot. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. So to get into this conversation, when I was thinking about all the different things I wanted to talk to you about, one, a, a phrase really hit me home, hit home for me, passion, purpose, and praise. Mm. Right. We've had so many just conversations about that. I've, I've gotten to see you have conversations with other people about those, those three words. And, and I realized, oh, they blend passion to be a creative, the purpose in being a creative or not even just being a creative, following whatever your purpose is. And then the praise that we associate with, are we doing a good job or not? Right. And it can be difficult and it can be beautiful and it can be hard and it can be strange. And I just wonder for you, I mean, it's been an amazing, you've had an amazing journey in your career. I want to make sure that you know that I see that, but I also wonder what that feels like for you. What, what do you experience in those ebbs and flows of purpose, passion, and praise? You know, what's interesting when you said praise, <laughs> my mind went in another direction. Uh, what I thought initially was, does this edify him? Yes. Does, um, does the work or the uh, the things that I do is it uh, in in worship? Is it does it praise you know the Father? Uh, I was mm. even thinking about like, the praise that I receive as a result of these things. Um, I love and that. It's, it's wild, and it's uh, I was thinking about this in the shower because I was thinking about a project. Um, and I'll say this, 2020 and 2019 were, were rough for me because I stumbled a bit in my, in my confidence. Um, and as a result, I feel as if I uh, found myself in a place where I wasn't as in, uh, aligned with my purpose in terms of, uh, in terms of the things that, you know, I feel like God has called me to do and say. Um, and so I think it's really, it's just really cool to hear you kind of tie those three things together because I was actually thinking about those without kind of putting uh, putting words, you know, to them. But um, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think for me, everything is about passion. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just kind of what drives me. Um, and I feel like I'm a purpose-driven type of a creator and a filmmaker. You know, I often say that for me, filmmaking is ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, I write because I have something to say and I want to be obedient to my truth. Um, and so ultimately those three things are what drives me is why I'm a filmmaker, it's why I'm an artist. Um, and I do my best to stay in harmony with those three things, but it doesn't right. always happen. And I have come to a place where I realize I can now feel when I'm not in harmony with those three. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Always going back to the root, the source, the purity of it, because your intention behind why you're creative is very pure. It always has been. And one thing I remember us being able to chat about is the fact that, and 
also, this is a question too. The fact that we're in the industry, we both work in the entertainment industry in Hollywood, and a lot of the business is about being liked. Mm -hmm. And that's very difficult for me. I just recognize how difficult that is for me because on the moments that I'm the most passionate, I realize somebody might not like this. And I'm like, that means I don't get to do this thing that I think is like everything. Like it, it's crazy, right? And so I had to really start going through a separation process of my likeness versus my purpose and what I genuinely believe that is. And so I wonder for you, have you experienced that? And what was that process for you of separating? If other people don't like this, if I'm not liked, this still matters. And I don't need to put my wealth and my worth in my likeness necessarily. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I experience it the most with, with writing. Um, and kind of going back to me saying I was losing my confidence, I had got to this place where I was uh, I was starting to get writing jobs for hire and it completely mm. shifted what I had known uh, up until that point, the process of writing for me because um, I was just writing because I had something to say and uh, this is what I wanted to see, you know, on the screen. And then when I started getting writer for higher jobs, I put a lot of pressure on myself because then it becomes, well, are the people who are paying me, will they like it? Are they going to mm -hmm. approve it? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I funny enough? Like all of those things. And uh, <laughs> it's a bitch. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, so, real. as a result of that, like imposter syndrome started to kick in. Yeah. Uh, because I was searching for validation outside of myself. Um, and then I had reached this level and then I'm questioning, can I compete, you know, at this level? Can I perform, you know, at this level? Um, when the answer is yes, because it's inside of me. Yeah. Like everything that I've done to get me to this place still exists and nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is maybe my surroundings, maybe the people that I'm working with, maybe the opportunities, but I am still who I am. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the key is, I think the, the most valuable thing we have in this industry is our voice, um, our integrity and our uniqueness. It's what- Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Gives us the audacity to say that someone or um, the masses actually want to hear what we have to say. It's like, okay, we have a podcast. Like, what is it about you that you should be on a platform speaking? Right, and it's right. because that who I am and what I have to say is valuable and it is uh, it is different than anyone else out there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I think it's important for us to just hold on to that and to value it and not just lose sight of, of those things. Yeah. I think what I really recognized in a painful way last year was that this society is really built on us forgetting who we are versus loving and valuing who we are, as you just said, as you reminded us. But unfortunately, that takes a minute to get back to. And I don't think life is just about discovering. I think it's a lot about remembering who we are, right? Like we've been amazing. You have been amazing. We have been enough, but life does what it does, right? And so what parts of yourself have you had to abandon in the past to be enough? And have you picked those parts back up? That's a really good question. 
Um, <laughs> a part of me, Stacy, that I have had to abandon is this uh, a part of at what I, what I thought was humility was really uh, me playing small. Um, mm, say that again. Say it again. What I, what I thought was humility was actually me playing small. And so I had to let go of this part of me that was afraid to be a lion um, and afraid to be aggressive um, or afraid to be uh, uh, incredibly confident in who I am and in my ability, right? Yeah. And I don't know if necessarily if I know the word, I don't know if it's meekness because I believe like, of course, humility and being meek, like those things are, there's a place for those things. Sure. And a part of those things are who, you know, makes me who I, a, a part of those things are a part of what makes me who I am. However, I think I was, uh, here it is, Stacey, I found it, okay. I had to think through it because a yeah. friend told me this. A friend told me not to be afraid of my of my shadow. And she's like, James, you're always leaning into your light. And that's that's great because you you are a light, but there's also a shadow side of you. And it's a part of who you are, and you can't be afraid to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way I interpret it as as I I don't have to always be the person that wants to be liked all the time. You know, sometimes you can stand on what you want. You can stand on uh, your nose. Right, right. <laughs> you know, no may upset them, but, you know, if no is what sets you free, if no is yeah. your truth, then stand in that, yeah. you know? And so I think that was a part of me that I had to let go in order to really step into my fullness. And it's also, I think, an ongoing process for me because it's a, it's almost like an unlearning this is who I've learned to be, uh, to survive, to be liked. Um, to be paid. To be paid. Yeah. Um, it's a part of my bag of tricks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even I'm a six foot six black man. And so I already walk into a room and I'm intimidated. And mm-hmm. so I've learned to disarm uh, that intimidation that I naturally come with by being very polite by always putting on a smile and sometimes not being aggressive because, you know, I don't want people to look at me in a certain way. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be alive. Sometimes you got to eat or you will be devoured. You will definitely be devoured. Like these people do not care. (laughs) And I think we're all groomed in a, first of all, we're all so groomed in a different way, but that underlying thing is everybody's trying to be, first in in some kind of way, right? And then those who pick up the humility end up being last. (laughs) And they think that it's like, they'll get there because of their niceness or their politeness or all those things. But, and that's something that really got to me last year. I recognized how many more no's I actually authentically wanted to say versus the ones I actually said, because I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want this. I don't want all those things that are like, have nothing to do with you actually. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I can see you. It's like, for me, I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm always mitigating other people's expectations. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes it's at the expense of myself. It's at the expense of what I really want or even what I'm feeling led or called to. I'm like, yeah. well, fuck, I don't want to hurt 
this person's you know, feelings or for them to then think a certain way of me. Sure. In particular, as you start to find more and more success, uh, you start to realize that, uh, A, everybody can't come, you know, with you. And then also, B, you have to guard um, your energy and also your slate. You can't yeah. you can't be a part of everything. You can't yeah. say yes to everything. Um, and then there's this fear of people saying that, oh, you changed. Um, oh, you've become Hollywood, right? And what I realized is, oh, that's a compliment. When people say you changed, thank you. Oh my gosh, I have. <laughs> oh, because if I was, because that's the, the purpose is not to say the same, mm-hmm. you know, are my, are, are my, uh, my morals and my character. Yeah, those things are still the same, sure. but I, I have to evolve in order to perform at this level. Sure. You know, that's yeah. a part of life. So thank you. I have changed. I love that. I think we do get afraid of hearing that. We do feel like it means one thing and versus I I've recognized where my ego has tried to protect me by saying, oh, you don't want this from this person and not ego has its good and it's bad. And I would love to also find out what your relationship with your ego is and what it, how it shows up. But I've just recognized times where my ego shows out to do things. And I'm like, oh, actually, I don't need you right now because the truth is I have changed. I don't have to get upset when somebody says that because the truth is I have. It's not a negative thing. I have not changed as a negative person, but I recognize I just chose to love myself more. That's really when people get freaked out. (laughs) Honestly, I think so. Yeah. It's like, people are like, what do you mean you love yourself and care about who you are and your time? Like it's, it's, and I get it too, because it was shocking when it happened to me. It's still happening. It's still, we're still evolving. Yeah. Because It's, it's uh, when you really sit and think about it, and, and I'll say this from a personal place, mm-hmm. the amount of times I ch- chose other people over myself. Yes. And it's like this, um, this saying that if I asked you, uh, of all the things that you love, how long would it take for you to name yourself? You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. I think it's, it's tied to that. It's like this, we talk about self-care so much, in particular coming out of the pandemic in 2020, when I don't know if folks are really talking about self-care is also like choosing you. Mm-hmm. It's like my friend Amanda Sills has this thing now, like save yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to come to a place of real of realization that I wasn't always doing that. Um, but I'm learning. Did that disorient you in the role you thought you were supposed to play versus the role you actually are gonna play in life? Yeah, because I consider myself to be a helper, to be a giver. And I had allowed, I don't know what it is to convince me that if I wasn't doing those things all the time, if I wasn't accessible to people, that um, I wasn't helping or, um, or giving the way that I should. But, you know, there are limits. You know, I'm not we're not God, mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there are limits to, uh, and we, and, and I think what it is is also, it was learning boundaries mm-hmm. and learning that, yes, you can be a giver. Yes, you could be a helper, but there are also boundaries that you have to put in place to ensure that you don't become depleted. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it was a hard conversation I had to have with like one of my line brothers uh, of, get into the place to say, hey, I know I've always been this. I've always been the one to show up, but right now I don't have the capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Did I'm, you talk I'm about how you had that conversation? 
How did it come up? How, yeah. Uh, It was in my DMs. Uh, (laughs) He was reaching out and it was pandemic and he was going through some tough emotional, you know, things. And I'm typically the one that will show up to have that conversation. Like you want to work through some stuff. You're trying to create a strategy, a business plan. You want to have a deep spiritual talk. Like (laughs) folks know I'm typically available, you know, or I'm with the shits, you know, (laughs) things. But in this particular, you know, moment, I was like, I just, I don't have them. I just don't have the capacity right now. Right, right. right. Um, And it was just being honest and and, and saying those things and not even trying to mince words or trying to be cute about it. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. It was those exact... I don't have the capacity right now. And... Uh, being able to say it with my chest and then not feel guilty about it. Man, Um, we talk about that. Yes. And I'll say he internalized it. He didn't take it well. Mm. Um, And even months later, we've had a conversation about it. And I have yet to allow myself to feel guilty about standing in that truth. Sure. It might have hurt your feelings, but that was my truth. I didn't have it. Sure. To give. And so... um, yeah. We don't talk about that enough. We don't, t- we, we have been preaching, like you said, we've been preaching self-care, self-love. And I had a conversation um, with Michelle Williams on the podcast as well about the depths of what that means. And what we're, we're saying it like it's an Instagram quote, but it's not. <laughs> the real work, first of all, is offline. And secondly, it's brutal. It's brutal to find out how much you've abandoned yourself for other people. It doesn't mean that you didn't mean to love people in a certain way, but you just we just forget to love ourselves first and really recognize what that means. Boundaries, I think, have a lot more residue. Like for you to say a couple months later, it's he still might not get it. That's hard. I don't expect you to just because I mean, I have definitely turned around and be like, never mind, forget what I said. Just kidding. I have the capacity now, right? Because you're like, while you're still upset, like that's uncomfortable to carry that truth and stand in that. I'm proud of you for saying I, I'm staying in it. But we we forget to talk about how boundaries can be difficult. Doesn't mean you shouldn't still do it, but they're difficult. And I wonder if there's other opportunity or not opportunities, but places that that's shown up, maybe with parents or with best friends or siblings, where it's like oh, yeah. I have to commit to this. For sure. Like, so I got in therapy for the first time, and in congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and me so, too. I now have a language that I did not have before. And I have a mirror that I did not have before. And someone who is completely outside of my circles, they do not know the players involved and they're able to look at uh, my actions and my patterns in a very objective way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also this level of accountability that sometimes becomes uncomfortable because like, I would have these conversations with uh, in therapy and I would then get an excite I would then get an, an assignment to go and have conversations with friends or family members. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would be like, 
I just don't feel like going there. I don't feel like being uncomfortable, you know? And so, but next week is going to come up again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get the question, did you have the conversation? And I'm like, fuck, I know she's going to ask. So I just need to, uh, and then there was like a, I, I would come, uh, when I would have a conversations, I would then come to therapy like a, like a student who had done his homework, mm -hmm. you know, I can come proud. And I was ready to report back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so now it's definitely showing up with family. Uh, and I had a, a season of just honest conversations. And yeah, it was it was good though. How um, did that go? Yeah, I was like, how it, was that? <laughs> it was great. Like overall, um, I walked away from every single one of those conversations feeling great about myself. Like feeling great about the talk. Yeah. Um, no regrets, no remorse, no, um, yeah, no, 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 no bad feelings at all around it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I am lighter and freer as a result. Yeah. What's something in addition to therapy? I'm so glad that that was experience for you. It's also something I experienced as well. First time in therapy, it's been, I think, six to eight months. It's definitely, so there's parts of myself that I was hiding from myself and yeah, she's good. <laughs> so I wonder, are there parts that you also recognize that have made you a better creative, given you a different insight or perspective to even keep going that you have learned? Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe has taken you away from something that you thought was important to you and find out it really wasn't. I think it was just trust in myself. Mm. Um, Ultimately, it's a thing that I've been able to get a better uh, handle on. Um, I'm believing it a lot more. And I think ultimately that's making me a better creative. Yeah. Um, and I had to really sit down and put some things on paper. Like at one point, I used to have stickies around my apartment that just said, remember who you are. Because I would forget. So good. You know? So good. I would, I would often forget. Um, you know, I was a I was a big fan of Game Game of Thrones, and I started <laughs> uh, I started comparing the type of energy I wanted to possess and walk through this world. Uh, I, I was looking at like Daenerys Stormborn um, and how she was just so confident in what was owed to her. Yeah. <laughs> on the iron throne right she knew exactly who she was and it, it did not matter what the lannisters thought it did not matter what any other house thought she right. knew that she was the mother of dragons that she was the khaleesi of the great grassy that she was the unburnt and the unbroken <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. you know what i mean and i was like like i want that i want to show up and i want to take up space and I want to uh, show up knowing what is owed to me. Yeah. You know, that I deserve uh, to sit on the throne because uh, I am a child of God. Because, yeah. you know, he said that uh, he will give me the desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so why shouldn't I walk through the world as if I deserve every single thing that he's promised. And I realized that I was not doing those things. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't showing up in that way. Um, and I, a part of it too, and what therapy has done is it goes back to childhood trauma. And I learned to play small uh, 
just throughout my life. Um, and even being six five, six six, I never, I never liked my height. Uh, I never really wanted to stand out. I always wished I was shorter, and so I would find ways to kind of, you know, shrink. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even when I go to concerts, I always feel bad. I always feel like, ah, I, like I gotta, like duck because I don't want to, I don't know, obstruct someone else's view. Yeah. Like I'm always kind of doing that. Like right. I find myself, even when I'm in conversation with people, I will naturally try to come down to that level. I never just stand in it and be like, you got to figure out how to get up here. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm here, but I'm not coming down, you know? Oh. So it was like, man, I do that a lot. And I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I want to stand 10 toes down, six foot, six inches, and take up all of the space because yes. this is who God has created me to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed by that because I just recognize how much as humans we do this, right? Like everyone has that thing that they decided not to make sure everybody could address them as so that they could make other people feel comfortable. I'm not sure why we do this because there are also a good amount of people who were like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like they figured it out at like six. I don't know. But obviously there's just, there's so, and I don't know if it's just about being creative, but I wonder how you approach being creative now than you did, let's say even 10 years ago. Like, let's say there's somebody who wants to be creative now. Would you give them different advice? What's that different advice you would say in, in approaching standing tall? It doesn't matter your actual height, doesn't matter your color, but specifically, it, you know, let's definitely encourage black people because I also recognize that a lot of black creatives, we feel like we have to fall in a certain hole and, and get dug out later because we want other people to feel, it's, it's just an, yeah, it's an interesting complex that I'm like, why? No, 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 you know, wanting us to push forward, but I would love to see how would you approach being creative now? Let's say you were just starting. I would just have more audacity. <laughs> Yeah. I will have the audacity to believe that my my dreams have the right to become a reality, you know, that um, the things that I create uh, are worthy of awards, um, that uh, what I have to say is like valid. And I, I think I, I realized the, I think we all have this. Yeah. Um, before someone else validates us, we don't you know, we kind of like, uh, you know, I got this little podcast or I got this little, you know, TV show. We downplay, we naturally downplay our uh, projects. Mm. And I don't know if it's that uh, we don't feel as if it's at the level yet. Um, and so we don't want people to judge it, yeah. you know, or we feel like we're not at our best. Right. And so it's like, let me just give you this disclaimer, just in case you don't like If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Like it versus stepping into it and say, I mean, I don't care. You know, if right. it goes back to what we were right. saying. But can you uh, let go of this desire to be liked? Yeah. And I think I would create in that space a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a huge uh, uh, advocate of being a student of your craft, 
of always learning and growing and, and studying and, and those things. So it's not to say, you know, uh, create as if you don't have any growth or, right. or that you can't be better, but just have the audacity to believe that your shit is good. Mm. You brought up a great point. What is something that you used to do to prove that you now do to improve? Mm. Then I used to do to prove that I now do to improve. Uh, huh. I don't know. You or maybe go, maybe that was never a part of your. You your, go first. Maybe you'll spark. Ooh, something for me. That's good. That's good. I tried to prove I was the best by. Okay. Being everywhere. Okay. I needed to be at every event, and I need okay. to support everybody, and I needed to be like the nice, cool girl. Even though I think there was a part of me that authentically is a nice, cool girl, but I also needed to prove that I was the nice, cool girl, right? right? Like I'm showing up at every event because so many of the events I was paid for in the very beginning was because I was there. Okay. That was very scary to re re realize that like, I would show up at an event and two days later I get a call. I'm like, oh, I saw you at this thing and you, you were at my, on my mind and now I wanna offer you something. And I was like, I was on your mind because you saw me, which means I need to be seen everywhere. Like that really like, got to me. Out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight. That was my first experience of realizing if they don't see me, they will not know me. Yeah. And that was, that took some serious unlearning because you can never keep that up. <laughs> like that's not sustainable. Right. And when you find out and you have a burnout, which my burnout was also in 2019 before the pandemic. So it was it was a harsh reality of like, you can't even, you can't, you don't have enough clothes for it. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Like you need to be improving your craft, right? So then I'm going back to, yes, you're good. And I know you're good. I know you're great. But have you watched an interview this week or are you at events, right? Like what you doing? Mm -hmm. So then you go back to the drawing board. Then you go back to creating something that's just because you have something to say because it's amazing. For sure. People who will see it will see it. And yeah. they'll probably still offer you the job or whatever. Even if they don't, it's not about that. I really had to reckon with that. And I think it's still a journey. I definitely know that, some, that my no's have been stronger and better than they ever have been, but they're still new. And I still have moments of a little bit of guilt when I say them or not responding immediately or things like that. And I'm willing to say, oh, I'm so sorry, but my sorry isn't rooted in, are they going to respond? Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but I would definitely say my proof to improve was why do I need to be everywhere? <laughs> I, I can't. I'm just me. I'm just me. Yeah. But that's really good. Um, and I also recognize in that there's a balance to it. Yeah, and of course. The, the trick is trying to find that balance. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the things that I used to, to do to prove uh, that I was humble, uh, that I was not like cocky or con conceited or any yeah. of those things was I would just downplay stuff. Or I would be that friend when you know how you meet someone and they say, oh, so like, what do you do? Or what do you have going on? I would never run my resume. Yeah. And it would always uh, require another friend to say, oh, he's being modest. Like oh. he has an Emmy yeah. award winning <laughs> uh, uh, drama series. I never lead with those things. Oh and to me, I don't know, I guess I, I thought it was being pretentious or, um, I, yeah. Um, and so very similar to what I said in terms of the balance with you, I think I have to find that balance because I 
I don't want to be like a name dropper. I don't want to be someone who wears their resume on their shoulders because I've met those folks. It's like, and you realize that their validation is attached to the things that they've done. Right, right, right. And uh, my validation doesn't lie there. However, I heard someone say this years ago and I thought it was dope. And I don't know if I fully implemented it, but uh, this idea that you have to speak louder than your work because always believe that good works has legs. Like, if you know me, you know me. Right. You've seen it. You've seen it. Like, right. you know, I can't, uh, I don't got to be out here shouting from the rooftops. Like, if you know, you know. Right, you know, right. Thing. I thought that was cool. But right. sometimes it's like how also the word says, a closed mouth don't get fed. Or, no, I don't think, I don't think the word says that. <laughs> <laughs> the word says. The word like, we made up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the word according to uh uh natasha right. <laughs> but um the word says uh, we have not because we ask not yeah, yeah i think a mm. close mouth don't get fair it is it's something uh, we all came up in 20 <laughs> <laughs> that's so good not, it does feel like bible though it really does <laughs> but you have not because you ask not yeah um, sometimes you have to open your mouth and you have to speak things you have to put things into the atmosphere you have to put things into the universe yes. sometimes you have to introduce yourself and say hello my name is james bland i have an emmy award-winning television show it's good to meet you now let's talk business you know what i mean Ooh, that gave me chills <laughs> so, wow. like because i think about going back to going back to khaleesi yeah she would roll up and say, hey, I am the mother of dragons. Yeah. I am the unburnt, the unbroken. And so there's no question about you know, who she is. Um, and so I, I just, it, I, of course, I think we all wanna get to a place where we can walk into a room and we don't have to introduce ourselves because yeah. people just know. Like right. Beyonce ain't got to come in and you ain't got to see, girl, we know. Right, right. Girl, right. we've seen it. <laughs> we, we went to this concert, we were there. <laughs> you know, I think that is a goal, but you know, I ain't there yet. And so yeah. I think I can get to a place where I can introduce myself and stand 10 toes down, mm. flat footed, six foot six in all of my glory and all of my success and not feel bad about it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? There's so much to follow up with that. Okay, so first I'm gonna, I'm gonna also practice with you. Hi, I'm Stacy. I was the first live host on the Oprah Winfrey Network without an audition. I currently have a podcast called Human to Human, Nice to Meet You. I love it. It's a pleasure to meet you. Wow, so uh, Stacy, I think I might have an opportunity for you. I have <laughs> someone that, I, that you have to meet. You know what I mean? I look forward to it. Thank I you so much. So cool. I can't I can't lie to you. Our mutual friend CJ was a big part of reminding me of that. Like I let that, I did not want that to be my calling card. Like immediately after the show happened. I was like, I can't be that. I can't be Oprah's girl. I gotta be Stacy because I don't want to be like be on anybody's tail. It was so weird. And I didn't meet CJ for a couple months after, but and we became closer friends later on. But I remember telling him something about my resume. And he was like, you don't lead with the Oprah thing? I was like, no. And he was like, I don't get it. I'm like, it's been two years. He was like, it's been, two I don't care if you're, <laughs> he was like, that only happened to you. And it was just such a moment that I still, I mean, I, that was a practice for me because it's not something I do normally. It's not something, I know both of us, I've heard both of us in a room. I'm like, we're both amazing. Everybody, like, it's not even about people should be talking or approaching us. It's just 
the truth of our power, right? And why why I was so excited about doing this episode with you is because I needed these energies to mesh so that they expand to all of our listeners, all of our viewers, everybody who is tuning into Human to Human because you are also enough. This is so important for us to remember and remind each other because I've had several conversations with you that helped me do that, but also that one with CJ, I was like, dang, I really don't bring this up. Yeah. So that was, that was hard. Yeah, and then it's kind of like the why. And I, I, I think what I was hearing you say is that you just don't want to, you don't want to ride on the coattails of Oprah, but why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to ride on some coattails. <laughs> Those are some expensive coattails, you know? And it's not to say that because, it's not to say that you aren't worthy yeah. or that, uh, you didn't do the work to get there, right. but but um, I think sometimes we miss our boat. Uh, yeah. Being and, and that's ego. Yeah, you know because uh, it's the idea that if someone else um, provides a platform or a stepping stool or a stepping stone for us that we're not self-made, you know, yeah. or, or, or in a way, which is not the case because you still had to, everything that you did in order for that person to see that you are worthy of this yeah. stuff. Because she ain't gonna just give the, the stepping stone to everybody. To anybody. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, what is that? Uh... Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like that story about how the guy was in the ocean drowning and he was praying, God save me, God save me. Yes. And, he the boat, and the boat came and it was like, nah, God gonna save me. And, <laughs> He's like, God, and God was like, why you didn't save me? Like, why you didn't save me? He's like, nigga, I sent the boat. <laughs> the boat? You ain't see that boat that came through that said, come on, like. Uh, ego would not allow you um, to take it, you know? It's such a beautiful point that you brought up ego because our relationship with our ego, first of all, I think we idolize being self-made. I personally do not want to identify as being self-made at every at any stage I end up or am going because I'm not self-made. Do you know how many people are on speed dial willing to hear me cry or talk or explain or try again? There's how many text messages I've screenshot from friends who have pulled me up. Like none of us are as self-made as we think. And there is this idolization around, you know, not just entrepreneurship, but creativity, all those things. And it's like, this was my idea. This was my thing. This was my, and it's like, nothing is ours Everything is given to us because of the energy that we're all here circulating. And if we don't stand in our thing, the next person doesn't have the permission to stand in their thing. So are we really self-made? Yeah, that's a really good point. And do I even aspire to, I get the the concept around it in Mm -hmm. terms of no one gave me anything or, um, and I think what it really comes from is knowing that you didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth, that sure. you didn't have rich parents, that you had to go out and hustle and you had to grind. But at the end of the day, we all are a culmination of uh, the people that we've encountered. And yes. we all had to have somebody help us. Yes. You know, it's just the way it works. It's the, it's the cycle. 
Exactly. You know what I mean? So um, I guess really none of us are self-made. Yeah. And we should not feel bad about that uh, at all. That took me a minute to to realize, but honestly, my dad gave me a huge speech about it. So we mentioned like being self-made in the house and he went on a speech and I was like, you are actually right. That was intense, but you're right. I mean, it was just a very serious speech about how important God felt we all were and are yeah. that he sent so many people around us. Like, how could we even yeah. think we're self-made? I'm like, you're so right. Yeah. I have so many people that are a reflection of where I am right now. And even when I think about that, even those words, it's kind of diminishing uh, the to the creator because yeah. we didn't make ourselves. Right. Like right. we were knitted in our mother's womb. Like God, uh, he molded us, he created us. And so even, I guess, when I now think about even the use of those words, I'm self-made, I didn't make me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, yeah, that wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. If I made me, I would have skipped all those years <laughs> where my taxes didn't make any sense and I didn't understand what was going on. I would have skipped all, <laughs> I would have skipped the years I was working at the mall, like, you know, there would have been some real and more different intentionality. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, exactly. Because yeah. if I made me my calves would have been a little bit bigger. You know my, what I'm saying? <laughs> there would have been some things that would have been different. <laughs> so I have to really sit in who made me and why I'm made this way and why we are made this way. And that's why I love giants and, and what it represents. And I mean, I got to be a part of it, right? And I got to collab with you and, and exchange energy with you. And one thing I love, and be, and I, I recognize this on a creator and a production and a founder and a CEO level, right? Because you have built so much, yes, but you also have asked for help along the way. And what gives you the confidence to ask for help? Because to shoot these stuff that you have made, and I'm specific, I'll, I'll talk about giants. If you guys haven't seen giants, check it out. But it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of people. What, how did you find the confidence to ask for help? Because I do think we're in this space as millennials and as even Gen Z and maybe even a little older of, I gotta do it on my own or I look a certain type of way. And it's like all that looking and thinking, that's a lot. <laughs> it's kind of a waste of our time and we need help. That's just truth. I struggle with how I look when I ask for help sometimes. I really do. And it, it makes me, I'm like, dang, like you still struggle with that? Especially I've asked for help for so long. It's one thing I... I like raising my hand. I've been asking questions for a long time, but it takes it takes some work. So I've just I'd love to know what that process is like for you, and sure. how it makes you feel. No, for in particular with giants, I just did not want it to be about me, um, and it was that simple. And I wanted giants to be a collective effort, and I wanted it to be a vehicle that gave. Uh, everyone who touched it an opportunity mm, and I, I used that. to compare giants to a house right and um and I was like everyone under this roof will be blessed like everyone under this roof will be taken care of uh okay. and so I used to look at it as hey like if you want to come and get in on this like come and get in it was almost like having a startup yeah like, you get in on the ground level right like, right not to say I was doing anybody a favor, but yo, this is a moving train. Mm-hmm. I got a ticket, you know, if you wanted it. And, yeah. But I think it was like, I just really believed in what I was building. And I knew that uh, whoever uh, touched it was gonna be blessed. If you were able to put your hand on it, that it was gonna uh, provide, 
you know, opportunities. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it was that confidence that I had in what I was creating um, to then go out and ask for help because I knew that it would be a great resume builder and it was a gym. Yeah. For everyone who was involved, we got opportunity to work out and we all got stronger and better as a result of it. Yeah, I love that. And I also love that when you talk about building giants, it it was so much more about having something to say, something meaningful to say than about, and even just the the illustration of having a house that everyone under what will be blessed. Yeah. Very rarely how somebody introduced an opportunity. I think that's beautiful. I hope there's space for me to move in. Uh, <laughs> you listen. I'm in the house. You was in the guest room. No, you're right. You're so right. You were in an episode. You're so right. You posted the uh, Los Angeles premiere of the yes. second season. You were in the house. Yeah, it's a beautiful house. I mean, the carpets were gonna. No, I'm kidding. Okay, um, <laughs> I can go so far with this. I'd love to know, and I think creatives don't talk about this often, and I think that's why we should. How has your relationship with money affected your creativity? Ooh, that's really good. Uh, Okay. Um, I would say my relationship with money has evolved Mm. for the better. Um, But as far as how it has impacted my creativity, um, I'll go back to when I was telling you about 2019 in mm-hmm. terms of writing for hire. Mm-hmm. And it, I think because there was a, a, a paycheck attached, it kind of stifled my creativity, you know, in a way. Um, but I realized that it was my own fault. Um, and it was a, like a, 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 a lesson that I had to learn um, as far as not allowing the fact that I'm getting paid for this job to put, I guess, additional like pressure or expectation on myself to still find a way to, 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 to work freely within my creativity. Um, and to still trust myself. Um, but I think the challenge was because with the paycheck and with money comes deadlines. Right. (laughs) Um, and so some of those things are just, it's, it's, it's inevitable where before somebody's paying you for it, you're just creating from this free space and you're of creating because you enjoy it and because you love it. And then when money becomes inv- uh, involved, it becomes a job. Yeah. And so for me, the, um, the challenge was learning to not lose the joy in it. Yeah. Um, and so I'll say that's been the relationship uh, for me with money and creativity is uh, there have been times where I, I lost the joy and I wasn't mm-hmm. enjoying the creative process mm-hmm. and it was becoming a job. And I was like, yo, if I wanted to do this, I could have had a nine to five. And so I had to figure out how do I remain um, uh, just kind of free. Yeah. And yeah. that's been a challenge. Yeah. No, for sure. I recognize that over the pandemic for myself as well, just what, how money kind of affects how we see ourselves, how we see worth, what's more worthy than the other thing. Um, And also just realizing what you said is a balance, you know, trying to figure out everything isn't exciting all the time. That's just life, right? And 
that's a hard thing for me. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? We're not going to get to smile all the time. We're not, we're not. And it broke me a bit. Cause I was like, this world can actually be very hard and we have to be willing to seek our joy. When- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. When it's gone and also hold on to it when it's here, but we have to be willing to know that it is an ebb and a flow. And I I want to say that to everyone because this is a this is a crazy time. I mean, we're in a different time, right? And our grandkids are not going to believe this. Like we're going to have to show them pictures of what this year was like. We're going to have to show them receipts because it's it's <laughs> It's something that I'm like, okay, God, everybody who's here right now, you clearly thought we were good to handle this because it's different. It is. There's been seasons of this. I wasn't around the fifties. I wasn't around, you know, but this is definitely a time that I think just allows for us to learn more about truly what nuance means, what complexity means, what ebbs and flows really mean. And so I appreciate you answering that question because I, I want us all to know we all go through that and money can sometimes change how we see ourselves and what's exciting and what's expected and, and those kind of things, especially in a creative space. Yeah. Yeah. Can I add to that? Of course. You tell me, cause I have a feeling you dealt with this as well, or you may be dealing with it currently. Um, I had a real problem as a creative uh, setting a, a value worth for my time and for my work. Um, and there were times where I was afraid to set the number too high. Sure. Even when other folks said, you should be charging this. I didn't feel like I was worth that. And it's like, that really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that you don't think you're worth, uh, X amount, you know, uh, of dollars, even when other people sometimes would see it or say it like, yeah. this is what, this is what you should be charging. Yeah. Um, and then also because we're creatives and because our industry ebbs and flows, it's the conundrum around, okay, I want to set, this is my worth, this is my rate. And then there are times where you want to work with the company mm-hmm. and the budget does not align with your rate. And it's like, do I take this job because you know, I don't know when another job is going to come around or do I stand firm and know this is my rate. And if the budget does not align, that means you cannot afford me. And so I cannot do this job. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so I think like, that's the thing that we as creatives are having to juggle and find like that balance of of what to say yes to, what to say no to, um, when to kind of raise that rate um and it's all subjective it's all made up <laughs> that yeah, that's the kicker it's all <laughs> made up one person thinks they're worth this the other person thinks they're worth this yes there's a negotiation process but even what's a starting number for people right and of course i have dealt with that i recently dealt with it when i say recent i mean two weeks ago um and it was my the word of this year for me is audacity And I didn't realize what that was going to mean, that I was going to have to have the audacity to walk away from things that I thought was going to make me 
And two weeks ago, I had a very interesting experience with that and recognizing, and I, I brought in a business manager to help me negotiate this deal. Shout out to you, Keenan, um, because he was like, I'm not signing you unless you're willing to walk away. Mm-hmm. That blew me. I was like, what what's going on? And he was like, if you're not willing to walk away, if they don't come to terms with the number that you want, right. we, I don't, it's okay. We shouldn't even work together. Right. And that's when I knew like, okay, you're, you're word of the year's audacity. Like you're serious. And yeah. I worked with him and yeah. we had to walk away and it was hard and beautiful and hard and beautiful. Did you cry? <laughs> I didn't cry. I, I wasn't even super upset about walking away. I was more afraid right. of walking into the future. I was like, if it's not this, then what God? Yeah. I was more mad about that. I was like, you're right. I said I wasn't going to do this. You're right. It's not the right number. I'm I'm leaving. But then I don't know where I'm going, and that makes me more mad. Yeah. yeah. It was that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But like what you just unlocked. Yes. You about oh, to tap goodness. in. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Tap in. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited, and I hope that encourages somebody because it was definitely for me. Man, I was like, okay, Stace, you can't just throw words like audacity around <laughs> if you're not serious. You're not, you can't do that. So before we wrap, I want to make sure to ask you, what is the last thing you forgave yourself for for the first time? <clears throat> the last thing I forgave myself for for the first time. Um, wow, Stacey. Um, these are the type of questions you need a heads up for. <laughs> this is like, you got to dig deep. Um, Human. <laughs> yeah, what, what have I forgiven myself for recently? Um, you go first. Thank you for asking. Thank you for that. Um, the last thing I forgave myself for, although it wasn't the first time, was not knowing. I seem to really like to beat myself up when I don't know something. I'm like, you should know this. And it's like, how would you know? Yeah. I really, it seems like that's a place I go to hide. Yes. To, to, to take care of me, to make me feel like this wasn't so bad because, well, I should have known. And, and it's it's a scary place for me because it just seems to be waiting for me when when I least expect it or even when I expect it. And so it's a constant place of forgiveness for me. The last place I forgave myself is you cannot be mad at the things you didn't know. That is life. You're supposed to not know. You're supposed to remember. That's what we're here for. So ugh, it's getting me a little emotional, but it's just, it's it's definitely that thing where you're like, don't you ever get mad at the things you don't know? Cause now you get to learn, which is what we're doing here. I love that. Yeah, I would not have thought of that, but I realized I've been in that same place. Yeah. Um, I hate not being good at something. No, I, I do not like feeling like a novice. I think one thing that I've struggled with being a multi-hyphenate is the question of, will I be a master of anything? Yeah. Or will I just be a jack of all trades, you know? Um, and so I think I've found myself in places where I had to forgive myself for not being perfect. 
Um, but uh, I'm able to forgive myself because I know that I was enough. Yeah. And uh, although I might have had this uh, this barrier kind of set in my mind that I did not hit, <laughs> you did not hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not hit that mark. Yeah. But you know what you did was it was fine. Like it was okay. Yeah. Um, and I find myself kind of existing in that space because I'm I'm constantly setting these these kind of marks in my head. Uh, even as a performer, like let's say as an actor. So I, I'm, I'm working on a new project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a part of a writer's room, uh, summer of 2020, wrote on this new show. Um, I then joined the cast for the show. And we started- Oh my gosh! In 20, we started production in, in 2020. And Do we already know the show? No, it hasn't been announced yet. Okay. And I'm also directing an episode, right? And so- uh, there, there were scenes that I felt like I struggled through. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've probably been there in an interview or even as an actress where you feel like, because you set this, you create this idea in your head around how the scene should go. And you create these, uh, these, these, these markers that you want to hit these beats. Uh, and then sometimes you get in that scene and it just does not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it just, just, it just doesn't not, flow. It doesn't flow. Yeah. And then it's over because you got to move on. And in particular, particular with this show, um, we're on a tight schedule. We're shooting a lot of pages a day. And so it is moving. And so the scene comes and goes. And uh, I would still carry the scene with me. Like we're yeah. on to a completely new scene. And I'm still thinking about the scene that I, I will never go back and do again. Like yeah. it's done, it's over, it's in the can. What it is, is, is what it is. And I had to learn to forgive myself for not, uh, for um, not being, I guess what I thought I should be. Yeah. Um, I, I like to compare acting to, uh, to endurance. Like, um, and you can't, you cannot have not trained and then expect to just run a marathon yeah. in a record amount of time. Yeah. And so sometimes we get on a track and we run some laps to kind of show us where we're at. And it's okay. That's where you're at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can forgive yourself for being at that place, but then commit yourself to getting faster, to getting better. Yeah. And so I would say that was my most recent thing uh, because I'm I'm having the opportunity to work with some pretty incredible actors and I'll come out of a scene like, oh, they just acted circles around me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm itch. laughs> it's like, oh, damn, double homicide. <laughs> That's how I was feeling at times. Okay. Yeah. Best in the room. Yeah. It's okay to not be the smartest in the room, to not be the most talented. Um, like that is okay. And forgive yourself. And I don't even know if there's anything necessary to forgive. Sure. Um, but you know, you you are who you are. You and where you're at is where you're at. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. It doesn't sure. mean you won't evolve into a new place. Sure. Or it doesn't mean there won't be a time where you will be the 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 best in the room. Sure. Know what I'm saying, and so take these opportunities and these moments uh, as a, a time to self-reflect. Let it be a mirror, and then um, get to work. 
I um I said that was my last question, but I, I really want to like keep going here. Wow, the something I heard really amazing um within that story was the art of letting go is just really real. Yeah. It's just so real. And we have I was gonna say it with a little more aggression, but it's mostly because I this is why human to human started. We have to know our worthiness is innate. Yeah. Besides living and dying, that's the only other thing I recognize that I that's a birthright. I'm already worthy and you're already worthy and we are already worthy. So all this other stuff is just stuff. Yeah. They're just yeah. things that kind of ping us like, oh, okay, I want to get a little better here. Cool, cool. Yeah. Imagine if we just said cool and let it go and didn't talk about it at lunch or bring it up or journal about it or whatever. Not to say that we shouldn't journal because I love journaling. It's all my thing. Hopefully there's a human to human journal coming soon. Point is, it's supposed to be there to let it go, not to haunt us or to tell us we're not enough. And it's just, it's this whole human thing is kind of a struggle sometimes because of those things that we forget. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I was just listening to uh, Yanla Van Zant on The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne asked her, like, when do you reach a place of wholeness? And mm. she says, when you take your last breath, because that's what being human and alive is all about. We're constantly growing and evolving and learning new things and hopefully striving to be better to be a better version of who we you know was yesterday you know i want to be a better james today you know and that is the process um amazing and the moment that i guess you're happy with or complacent then what else is left yeah what's the most important thing to you right now Authenticity. Mm. I just want to honor my authenticity. And um, if that means having a tough conversation, if that means hurting someone else's feelings, that means walking away or saying no. Um, I just want to honor what is real and what is true for me. Yeah. And not apologize for it. I love it. And I'm standing right there with you, standing right there with you. I just want to thank you so much for sharing space with me and for sharing space with this audience and this, these people who I believe we are all on a journey together. And I really want this to be a a space of arms, arms linked because this journey, first of all, it's not alone. And second, it, it's so much more involved. It's not an individual journey, even though we've been telling ourselves that for a long time, it's very, very much of a communal journey. And I think the faster we realize that, the better. And so as a person who is a part of your community, I just want to say, I love you. And I'm so grateful for your existence and your constant unveiling of your authenticity. It's beautiful to watch and to see. I love you as well. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you thank you for the invitation. Um, And it's why we do this, right? Yeah. We do podcasts and we do these talks because we recognize that it cannot just be about us. Yeah. Um, and that it, once we get it, we gotta pass it. We gotta help some else. Yeah. Y'all, it's time to wrap because I've been fighting back tears for the past 15 minutes. So James, <laughs> where can everybody keep in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at JR Bland, uh, also on Twitter at JR Bland. 
Amazing. And can we hear any, I know you and Vanessa are currently writing Giants the movie. Anything else you want to give yeah, us got, there? Uh, so working on this new project, not sure when they're going to announce it. We we got to finish shooting it. It got, okay. got shut down due to COVID. Uh, currently directing a, a documentary project that I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, and I have a few like projects in development. Um, you know, nothing that's at like the announcement stage, but it's, uh, it's in the oven. Yes. It's yes. cooking. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes at humanhumanseries.com, where I'll be answering this episode's reflection question. You can also stay connected to our community on Instagram at human to human with Stacey Ike or with me at One Take Stace. Not one like the number one, one like the only one. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, we are not what we do, we are who we choose to be. So let's be curious, let's be in community, and let's stay connected. This episode was produced by Stacey Ike and Tracy Lincoln, associate producer Davis Ike, audio engineer Jarrell Jones, and special thanks to our guests and the entire team at Stacey Ike Inc. needs an alarm in the morning when mcdonald's has sausage egg and cheese mcgriddles and a breakfast cut off ba-da-ba-ba-ba